Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, November 12th, and this is The Drop. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Millis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tass? Got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friendly. And last but not least, making the magic happen. Always finding these incredible cold opens. It's No Dunk Super Producer, J.D. Hello, that was courtesy of Lincoln Doyle sent that <laughs> um, Incredible for everybody here joining us live on the stream team or watching on YouTube later. It'll be an interesting listen uh, on the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just when you I thought it was it ending, it just kept going. Oh, okay. Okay, you might edit it a little bit. Uh, great stuff there, Lincoln. That was a very funny one. Uh, if you haven't already, take a second to subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Like the video here on YouTube. Comment away on YouTube. Share the show. We're creeping up on 45,000 subs, so we're getting there. Um, and if you're a part of the stream team, you really should have a stream team shirt or at least a coffee mug. Go to nodunks.com to get the goodies over there in our No Dunks store. Email in your NBA and non-NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. And a few programming notes. If you're a Survivor fan, I hope you check out last night's what, nearly two-hour-long episode of No Buffs. That one caught me by surprise, I'll be honest. Like, I didn't realize we had gone that long. We were just having so much fun, so many giggles with Jason Concepcion talking <laughs> about the latest episode of Survivor, talking about Heather's big moment, about whether Jeff Probst smells his own farts. <laughs> uh, and so anyway, it was a long episode, but it's a lot of fun. So go to check that out. No Buffs has its own YouTube channel and its own Apple and Spotify feed there. So if you're a Survivor fan, check it out. Also, if you're a Top Shot hot boy or girl, well, make sure you join the official NBA Top Shot Twitter spaces today to hear Trey and I shoot the shit. That's scheduled to happen around 12.30 p.m. Eastern. I, have, I think I have that right. Is that right, Trey? Yeah, let's hope we don't go two and a half hours yeah. today. I mean, only three games last night, but who knows? Yeah, so you can join us there on Twitter Spaces. Again, just find that through the uh, official NBA Top Shot Twitter account. That's soon after this show. And then later today, I'm not done. Maybe even creeping into tonight. You'll want to keep your eyes and ears on the No Dunks feeds because we're going to have an interview with our newest athletic teammate tasks michelle beetle a little one-on-one with beetle there talking about her joining the athletic i'm sure her new podcast coming our way her time with the spurs and what she's doing there and what she's been up to for for the last couple years yeah she's been doing her thing can't wait to talk to her it's gonna be really really fun i've i heard her actually on the matt bonner podcast matt bonner has a podcast 
Mm. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's good. It was good. I think our conversation with Michelle will be better. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, we're looking forward to our chat. She, uh, yeah, she's had a, a very, very storied career, and she spent some time in Canada, our home hmm. country of Canada. We're going to get to the bottom of that. Okay, great. So that's uh, coming in your No Dunks feeds on YouTube and Apple and Spotify, wherever you listen to us, a little bit later here on Friday, like I said, uh, later this afternoon, maybe even creeping into the night. Okay, fun show. Because it's a drop podcast, rapid fire fun, obviously tweet of the night. We got some news from the NBA world. We'll get to the games. All you Pacers fans out there, don't you worry. We're talking a little Pacers jazz for sure, especially with uh, Miles Turner and Rudy Gobert hugging it out, having a little dance (laughs) last night. But we are about one month in to the season, believe it or not, about a month old. So we thought we would examine some early season storylines You know, players with hot starts that are maybe flying under the radar and NBA awards races that we're really into or very competitive or intriguing to you. But we're going to start with this question. Play along if you're in the stream team with your answers. Task, get us going first. Which surprise team's success, good start, strong start, is most sustainable to you? What do you think? Yeah, lots of hot starts out there. I'm going to start in the Eastern Conference because there's several. Cavs are 7-5. and 76ers are 8-5, and five, although their sked's getting tougher, and Joel Embiid started his annual run here of missing games, and this one's not even for an injury. It's for COVID. The injury will come later, so I'm not going to go with them. The Wizards are 8-3. and three. I just read an article on The Athletic about Spencer Didwini being in the long run with cryptocurrency, so maybe this run is sustainable, like his run with cryptocurrency, but I'm going to take the Chicago Bulls at eight and three because their talented guy at the top, Zach Levine, I don't think he's just a talented guy anymore. I think he can lead. I think Zach's stardom is happening, you know, over the last year and now now he's got guys to support him. You know, I've had the hots for Zach Levine since twenty fourteen. Love that game since he came into the league, mainly because it was just so different. The athleticism on that guy is so special. Uh, but he has been able to put it together recently it's not just athleticism the last couple years and now uh, as i said uh, guys are there to support him who haven't been in winning situations like lonzo ball and nikola vucevic and those guys i think are just going to relish this situation are just going to enjoy being around a guy like zach levine who i think can lead along with guys like demar Derozan, who have been in winning situations or alex caruso who aren't you know number one guys but uh at this point uh, they do the right thing. They help win basketball games. You know, they, they make the extra pass. They move without the ball. And so a star like Zach, who knows he's a star, like, uh, he's in that sort of sphere of stars, uh, along with these talented guys, we don't consider them good defenders, although they're top six right now. I think just playing the right way and being, you know, being with a really talented dude like Zach and, and Tamara at the top, I think, you know, it translates to the defensive end. They know what they have to do. They're, they're good basketball players. So, yeah, I don't know how sustainable top six is, maybe top ten, and that's good enough. They're not the favorite in the Eastern Conference. I, I still think uh, the Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets, who are 20th on offense and fourth best defensively, which is a flip from their season last year, I think that bodes well for them because their offense is going to get going. Kyrie Irving still isn't playing for them. Uh, but to say that the Bulls could make an Eastern Conference Finals just means that they would have to knock off one of those teams in the second round. And yeah, it's it's 
a little bit far-fetched. They are an underdog in, in either of those series, but uh, I believe in Zach. And, and I yeah, I read an article about Spencer Didwin out of The Athletic. I also read an article about Zach Levine and nice. him hanging out with Draymond Green drinking wine. And that always bodes well. If you drink wine <laughs> and you're an NBA player, you're great. Yeah, apparently Draymond Green, in all seriousness, took him under his wing a little bit when they played at the Olympics this past summer. And uh, Zach Levine was already great. You know, he turned that athleticism into being a very good player. But Draymond Green just kind of was a bit of his, uh, his life coach. Like, hey, man, you are great. You are great. And so I think Zach um, has taken that back to Chicago and is ready just to win for the first time in his career. So I, I do believe in this team being up there uh, for the rest of the season. I know I'm not just pandering to Trey. I just, I just think that after watching these really talented guys, you know, DeMar has been a great player for a long time. Caruso has is, is, is been a complimentary uh, player doing the right thing for a long time, and you get a lot of other talented guys. If you're led by a leader, uh, I don't know. It's just it's, it's clicking right now. Yeah, I think that where they benefit is they have two leaders, like you said. they got Zach Levine, who's grown into that role, and DeMar Rosen has proven that he can be that guy, especially, uh, you know, in clutch situations. So the Bulls, so we're basically what you're saying is, the, yes, the, the Bulls are back. Well, I think it's going to turn into the Bulls are still here, is what uh, Trey is saying. It doesn't roll off the tongue quite like the Bulls are back. But, okay, Chicago as a, a team that has surprised some people, keeping it up and maybe being in the mix there, like Tess said, like top six or something like that. Um, no, Trey, I, gotta, I, I gotta assume go you, higher, higher. Go higher. Okay, well, you said top six so. and then top ten, I thought you said. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> Not yeah. defense. defense. Oh, okay, okay. So you think they're going to finish with a home court advantage in the first round of playoffs? Like you'll have that in the first round. Uh, they they should they should they should be able to okay all right well then they're definitely back uh trey i'm sure you agree with all that but do you have another team too that's yeah uh, the bulls being good uh first place is not a surprise to me so i had to go with the team that actually is surprising to me to be in first place the wizards i can't believe the wizards are actually good and that it looks like they're going to continue to be competitive for the rest of the season uh they traded russell westbrook for a whole team and that worked out i don't think they're going to end up being a top five defense which they have been so far but certainly the offense is going to get better. Bradley Beal hasn't started playing well uh, just quite yet. He's only at 23 per game, shooting 25% from three-point land. We know he's a great scorer, so theoretically he'll get better as the year goes on while the defense comes back to uh, comes back to normal, we shall say. But just adding Montrez Harrell, Dinwiddie, Kuzma, KCP, they're getting solid performances from a Daniel Gafford. Howell Neto's playing well. They're just rolling out 10 guys who could play for any team in the NBA. And that's not been the case for the Wizards for the past couple of seasons. It's been Bradley Beal, maybe Burton sitting some threes, and a random collection of dudes. Sometimes it's Westbrook. We had a nice couple of weeks of Thomas Bryant last season before he went down, still waiting for him to come back. Uh, Rui Hachimura still to return for the Wizards. Suddenly the Wizards are a deep team, and they've clicked a lot sooner than I thought they would. Not that I ever really thought they were going to click. I thought they would be kind of a play-in mixed team, and now it looks like they could potentially at least challenge for a sixth seed or something along those lines. Yeah, you wonder if the, the this year's Wizards are sort of like last year's Hawks, where they just have so many good guys. I mean, they have a star like they had in Trey Young, and this year it would be Bradley Beal when he gets up to his level. Uh, even the new coach sort of factor, like Nate McMillan coming in there last year for the Hawks and turning them around when they got healthy, and then uh, Wes Unsell Jr. taking over there in Washington. I, it makes sense. I, I sort of believe it, too. Uh, the, the more times I watch them, I'm like, this is a good team, especially in the Eastern Conference. You know, you see them on any given night hanging with your Celtics and your Raptors and, and maybe even your Bulls and Hawks and these teams that are all, like, good teams 
Are they on the level of the Bucks and Nets? You know, remains to be seen. But I like that one. Lee, is there anything left, or are, do they take one of your answers in the Bulls and the Wizards? Yeah, the, the Wizards is my answer for sure because uh, they're eight and three right now, and their defense is what gives me that belief that maybe they can be better than the expectation certainly I had of them going into this season because they actually have the fourth best rating right now as per NBA.com. But you're getting really good performances out of a lot of guys not named Bradley Beal. Beal's average is back up to 23. So that's kind of crept up on us a little bit there. But Montrez Harrell, regular season Montrez is great. I mean, he's averaging basically 19 and nine off the bench and he goes out there and he's all energy, he's all hustle. Now we've seen in the playoffs him basically be unplayable at times and he's been played off the floors. But that's a problem for another day. Right now, he gives him that real shot in the arm when he comes off the bench, you know, dunks a ball. He's always around the rim. He's talking a bit of trash. He brings a little bit of that, you know, tenacity that they need there. And then you're seeing guys like Kuzma and KCP who, you know, have been in Los Angeles, have been in the glamour city on the glamour team there for a couple of years. And now they're on one of the less glamorous teams, but they're out there to show, hey, I can ball still as well. You know, I'm I'm not just a guy who was just winning a championship because of LeBron. I actually can play. And I think Kuzma, you know, he's matured a little bit. He's not afraid to take the shot. They're, they're not playing. They're playing good team basketball. They're also not afraid to be like, you know what? If my shot's here, I'll take it. And we've seen that from Kuz. So, um, so far, much better than I thought with the Wizards. I obviously have been hankering for Bradley Beal to move to a different team. But if he can maybe find the right guys around them, because last year it was just him and Westbrook, and that was it. There was nothing else really to get too excited about in that team. But they've got veterans who just know how to spread the floor, they know how to defend, and they know how to get out there and run. So, uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Wizards fans haven't been happy with, uh, well, with my coverage of the team. Yeah, but it took you a week, but you finally got around to saying something <laughs> sort of nice about the Washington Wizards until but you tried to a, spoil it by saying yeah. trade Bradley Beal. Yeah, yeah, but they, but they have to earn it because I was skeptical coming into the season, and now they have so far proven that, that they're, uh, they're a team. They've been fun to watch, too, in these last few games. So, uh, good on the Wizards. I hope they can keep it up. All right, next question here. Teams that are on the outside looking in right now. It's very, very early. But which team outside the top 10 in either of the conferences here is most likely to still qualify for the postseason? And I know that is sort of silly because it feels like every damn team qualifies for the postseason. But Lee, where are you going with? I'm going with the Boston Celtics simply because uh, when you've got two all-stars from last season in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, that can be enough just to get you into the playoffs. Uh, And I just think they're not playing all that well right now. Brown's obviously out with a hamstring. And Jason Tatum's having probably his worst season, uh, even including his rookie season. He's really struggling to shoot the ball right now. Maybe it's something still related to the COVID. He said that really knocked him out last season. Maybe, maybe not. I think it's more just to do with the fact that I don't love the makeup of this team in terms of their point guard situation with Schroeder and Marcus Smart there. Uh, Al Horford came back. Actually, Al Horford's been pretty good for them. Them. But again, that was more sort of just a move to be made rather than them going out and recruiting a 35-year-old to be a big part of their long-term future. So I think the Celtics will get it together. They've had a couple of close uh, overtime losses as well here. And then they had another buzzer beater to Luka Doncic just last Saturday night. So one or two of those games go their way and maybe they're not in uh, quite the hole they're in right now. So, uh, you know, in basketball, when there's only five players on the court, if you've got two players who are all-stars, you're generally going to win more games than you're going to lose. Uh, and that's enough to get you into the playoffs. So I'm not panicking yet on the Sixers, I think, uh, on the uh, Celtics. I think they're better than their record shows. 
But you want to see Jason Tatum have a little bit of a burst here where he turns it on. And of course, uh, until they get Jalen Brown back, they might sort of still be treading water for a little bit. But they're a better team. Uh, Ime Udoka as well in his first season as a coach here. You know, it can take time to sort of get your message across and change the way they're playing. But uh, Boston, I have a lot of confidence in, will be no worse than 10th in the Eastern okay. Conference. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I think yeah well, last year they're, they're 500, and yeah, they, they missed Tatum out with COVID. Jim Brown was out a bit. Uh, but they should be better than a 500 team, and, and I think they are starting to turn the corner. They had, over their last four games, they held two opponents under 80 points, and they fought back from 19 against the Mavs. They had a little brain fart at the end there when Luka hit the mm-hmm. three to beat them, and then they beat the Raptors. So I think the last four, they, they've shown that they're turning around. I think they're playing defense. I think they seem to like each other, even without Jalen Brown. They're starting to starting to feel it. And uh, last year, yeah, they had a lot of hiccups, but uh, I'm buying it. I'm buying that they could be a top seven team, even a, a top six team. I think they're they're good enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I it's all about chemistry. If you have two all-stars on your team, and uh, it seems like they're they're vibing right now. I think they, they give a crap on the defensive end right now. What about you, Trey? Is there another team that's uh, in either conference that's, I guess, ranked 11th through 15th right now that you're like, okay, it, it's still early. They'll get back into it. Well, it definitely isn't the Western Conference. Kind of feels like we got our 10 teams already. Like, seriously, are the Thunder, Spurs, Timberwolves, Rockets, or Pelicans going to make a run to get into the top 10? Uh Maybe the Timberwolves, best talent, you would probably say. Thunder, playing the best right now, but if they get too close, they'll just shut everybody down. The Spurs compete and then lose it in the fourth quarter, and then the Rockets and Pelicans, they're done for. So it's got to be an Eastern Conference team. Lee, hit on the Celtics. They're in the mix, no doubt about it. And the Hawks are the other team that you would hope will get it together a little bit here as the season progresses. But right now, they're 28th on defense and that is the problem for the Hawks they were a solid defensive team last year largely because Clint Capella could clean up a whole bunch of messes he does not look the same right now he was beefing all the time last year hasn't had one yet just doesn't have the explosion right now they're also missing Anyeka Okongwu who played great in the playoffs for them having either of those guys at full strength would be huge for this Hawks team they just need a little bit of urgency right now they're in the same spot they were at the beginning of last season where they were just struggling coming out of the gate they ain't going to fire their coach this time, even though it would be pretty hilarious if they did, and it somehow works. But they need to get back to where they were in the playoffs and in the second half of the season. Trey Young said that the regular season is boring. I'm sorry, buddy. This isn't the same Eastern Conference. Think about all the teams that we've already named who are going to be in the top six here. We've named like 10 teams already. Yeah, so yeah. you got to start winning some games. Four and eight, not a great start, but uh, there's a lot of talent there for, uh, for the Hawks. Cam Reddish maybe shouldn't be playing quite as much as he has been so far. Kevin Herter perhaps should uh, get his minutes back, but I think they'll figure things out over the long term. I saw Schumann write um, sort of in his like power rankings notebook that he does, like little dump. He said the Hawks, after they visit the Nuggets tonight on Friday night on League Pass, 11 of their 13 games will have come against teams that currently have winning records, while 9 of the 13 will have come against uh, come excuse me on the road. And they played a bunch of back-to-back. So they have had a very, you know, difficult schedule. They haven't had, like, a lot of these easy, quote-unquote, easy teams just maybe rack up some wins. So I'm with you, Trey. I think they they need to turn it around, of course, and I think they will because they've played one of the more difficult schedules uh, early on, at least according to Shu, crunching the numbers. Okay, well, let's keep it going. Next question. Tass, which players start are we just not paying enough attention to? right now and this could be a star player or this could be a role player like wherever you want to go with this what do you think yeah there's there's a few out there 
I'll start with Paul George and the Clippers. He's third in scoring, and I don't think we're paying attention to Paul George, even though we're talking about him on this show. I think the whole Clippers situation in general, we're not talking about it at all. They're 7-4. and four. They've won six in a row. They've bounced back. Uh, a Tai Lu team always starts a little slow. They started 1-4. and four. Now they're flying. And Kawhi Leonard could be flying into the lineup soon because he's flying in his workouts, apparently. Ali LaForce reported that he is doing explosive box jumping. Not just box jumping. <laughs> He's looking explosive out nice. there. And, uh, oh, the team... boxes aren't exploding. He's explosive. <laughs> jumping so hard on the boxes, they're exploding. <laughs> it is weird. Like, if you're standing next to Kawhi and you know, you're watching this exercise, you're just jumping on boxes. That's what box jumping is. You yes. get a five-foot box, you jump on that thing. So you look at him and you think, wow, man, you're doing that explosively. Or, well, I mean, how high is the box is yeah, a big part I, of it. I guess. I mean, that should have been part of the report then. I, if yeah. it's, cause, cause How I, much I, Ali LaForce is he putting into these jumps? <laughs> That's what I, I figured um, <laughs> I, I figured that it was it looked explosive. It could be the same box, but it's just a different jump. You know what I mean? Yeah, same well, yeah. Box. I, I was going to ask you, can you, if it was the same height and you had two guys, let's say twins, uh, jumping side <laughs> by side, can one, can one do an explosive looking box jump and can one do a lazy looking box jump or a, a non-explosive looking yeah it's a good question I, I would say so. I would say if you can barely make the jump then that's a non-explosive <laughs> like if you're just struggling <laughs> okay. if you're barely getting it five feet you know that's uh that's high I don't know why this five foot number has come up but anyways uh yeah if you're getting 60 there inch clear, vertical that's, that's explosive big. my man yeah, but you can bend your you can bend your legs you can bend your legs fair point yeah. fair point anyway um, cool story I would like to see uh, Vince Carter versus Tracy McGrady. That seems to me like a perfect explosive box jump versus <laughs> calm box jump. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, Lee, have you ever tried to do the uh, thing where you're in the shallow end of a pool and tried to jump out of the pool like we yeah. see those like, NFL linebackers do? Have you ever given it a go? Yeah, but not successfully. Yeah, oh, it's, it's yeah. hard. It's hard. <laughs> Very yeah. difficult. Yeah. We, we have hard. a friend. Uh, well, Ken's brother, Nate Angeles, can do it. We've seen him do oh, it. Wow, really? Yeah. I mean, he's built like a brick well, house. Yeah, 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 yeah. But holy crap, it's tough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't even come close. You just usually bite it on the cement to be sure, wipe yeah. out. Um, yeah. okay, sorry, Tess. <laughs> yeah. Back to you. Right, right. Well, I was just, there's, a, there's actually the a, a, a competition. Uh, let's get back to box jumping. The box okay. jump uh, in, this, uh, in this competition, it's like this local competition by my house. It's yeah. only 30 inches. It's two and a half feet. But you have to do like fifty of them right, if you're right. in this competition. You getting it's, in? It's doable. Nah, I can't. I'm not explosive. There's a uh, there's a pie eating competition down at the local park tomorrow. If you want to get in that instead, I'm going down. I want to see this. I explosive pie eating or just <laughs> explosive coming eating. out the other end? Uh, Give it a couple uh, hours and a, and a pie eating contest automatically becomes explosive. Anyways, let's circle back to the Clippers. Just sure. Real yeah, quick. yeah. Uh, they have they have the third ranked defense and 18th best offense. Now, Kawhi Leonard, according to Marcus Morris, not just the reporting, Marcus Morris said he could be back within a week or two. What? And, and yeah. I mean, this is Marcus Morris. He's not the team doctor. But he said it. <laughs> and, uh, and the fact that, I don't know, com combined with that Kawhi is working out you know, fairly hard, if he, if he is jumping around, he's not just, he's not just shooting around, I, I think that bodes extremely well. For me, this is a championship contender. 
the way that they're playing, coming off their conference finals run, they're serious. Paul George said it a couple of weeks ago that, you know, we're not a young team. This is our window right here, right now. Kawhi re-signed for this very reason. And uh, I'm buying this Paul George MVP-like season he's had to start. I'm just buying this team, working together like they did last year. And, uh, you know, they got Kawhi coming back at some point. It's a great sign that he is working out hard whenever it is, even if it's a month. I think it, it bodes well that they've started well and can take it easy with him and he can come back, you know, 30 games in. If he has a 50-game season, you know, from game 30 to game 80 and then going to the playoffs, I mean, that's that's amazing for them. You've got Serge Ibaka. Uh, taking the long-term look. If you don't remember, Serge Ibaka is on this team. He played a couple games this week, uh, and he didn't look good. So he said, you know what? I'm going to go play for the Agua Caliente Clippers in the G League. And he's okay with that. He's going to play for the Hot Water Clippers. And uh, I think he could be a big part of this team uh, later on this season. I, uh, there's a lot of things called agua caliente. I, I just this is just a strange term to me. But anyway, uh, that guy could be a big part of this team. And uh, I, yeah, I think this team is is for real, even though they're sort of flying under the radar. Okay. I'll, what about yeah, you? I'll, Go ahead, Lee. Well, I'll, I'll just piggy off that because I had Reggie Jackson, who uh, in this six-game winning streak is really yeah. shooting the ball very very nicely because he started off pretty slowly this season his first five games weren't good and now he's shooting 45% from the field 39% from downtown 90 at the free throw line doesn't matter he doesn't get there all that often but 21 points and five assists in this uh, little winning streak they've gone on and I think that just shows how important it is to him that poor George has been great he is the star of the team but when they do get contributions and Eric Bledsoe's had his moments as well the Clippers are a decent team again this schedule that they've won these six games hasn't been super tough. I think last night's was probably the toughest game. They played the Blazers as well the other night. So, you know, a a few decent teams in there, but Mm -hmm. definitely it's Paul George's team. But when he does get that support and Reggie Jackson, remember, was very good for them in the playoffs last season. uh, They are a much better team than they look. And I mean, Zubat's in the middle. I think that's a thing. If you can get uh, Serge Ibaka as another big to back him up and give them any sort of contribution in 10 minutes, 15 minutes a night, that also just solidifies their bench, which I think is, uh, is probably a little bit of a weak spot for them right now but yeah if Kawhi comes back if Serge is there this team is uh, pretty good on paper we know they've had some chemistry issues in the past but this is now their third season together with the big well certainly with Kawhi and Paul George so you start to would think that those sort of things now their chemistry would improve and be better and uh, I think Ty Lue is a fantastic coach he's doing a great job with this team what about you Trey which players start are we not paying enough attention to Will Barton is having the best season of his career. I think his name has come up in passing like twice so far this season. He's got a career high in points, 17 and a half a game. He's got career highs in assists, steals, field goal percentage, three-point percentage. His advanced stats are really good so far. He's really filling the Jamal Murray void uh, for the Nuggets. Had 36 and three in the win versus the Pacers with Jokic suspended there. He's clearly like the Nuggets best off the dribble guy. Gives him a little unpredictability, a little athleticism. Just got to hope he stays healthy for the entire year. Will Barton hasn't played a full season since 2018. He missed all of the 2020 playoffs, only played three games in the 2021 playoffs. You know, Michael Porter Jr. is out right now. Obviously, Jamal Murray is out. They 
cannot afford to lose Will Barton at this point. He's been too good for him, and he's their only guy who's really going to be making things happen uh, from the outside. So Will Barton feels like an X factor to me for the Nuggets every single season. When he's playing well, they look so much better just because he gives them something that nobody else on the roster does. So great start to the year for him. Let's just see it for 82 games, bud. Yeah, and just stay healthy, too. That's always his thing. He always picks up a weird injury, and then he's out for a couple weeks. That's a great one. Stream team loving Loving the name Will Barton. Farting Will, Will Barton. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right, our final question here, sort of with our one-month-in assessment. Which NBA awards race is most competitive to you? Or another way to look at it is, like, which one intrigues you the most for whatever reason? Trey, get us started. Most valuable player. You ever heard of it? I have. We got ourselves quite the table right now, Skeets. Probably three guys sitting there, if we're being honest right now. Steph Curry, 27, 6, and 6, 43 from the field, 38 from 3, 95 at the line. Actually, low percentages for Steph Curry. They got the best team in the league until they lose tonight. Probably the favorite right now, Curry is. And he can still get better. So that's super impressive to me. Kevin Durant is a guy who could have come up for a player we're not talking about. 30 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Honestly, ridiculous shooting stats. 58 from the field, 40 from three, a weak 83% from the line. He's probably the best player in the league. Just a slow start for the Nets. They've won five of six. They're turning it around, but the Nets, we're kind of just waiting to see what they look like at the end of the season and how they look in the playoffs, but Durant has been a baller. Mm -hmm. And then Nikola Jokic has been great as well this season, 25, 13, and six. He's 60, 40, 80. He's first in like every advanced stat out there. The Nuggets are seven and four despite... Him being suspended a game, despite injuries to their number two and three players, even though Will the Thrill's doing his thing. Then you get even further down uh, to the people who were invited to the table. We're sure, not sure if they'll show up. Paul George, a player of the week already underneath his belt. He's certainly in the mix, like Tass said. Jimmy Butler having a career season, but the Heat are kind of struggling this week. Giannis, he's at 26, 12 and 6. Boom. Feels like he's just in, like, 50% effort mode so far right now. And then, of course, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are trying for co-MVPs. So there's a lot of people to invite <laughs> here. And it doesn't feel like we have a title favorite. It doesn't feel like we have an MVP favorite. But we do have a favorite pizza. And that's a Pequod's pizza covered in meat. Who's taking home that last slice at the end of the season is what I want to know. <laughs> oh, I never really realized we are like presenting that one slice there in the pan. It's uh. like we're waiting for the actual MVP to show up and sit next to JD and have that last piece of pizza. <laughs> that's the real honor of winning MVP is you get to come join us for a pizza party and get to sit by JD for, yeah. <laughs> for the entire night. Um, Uh, Yeah, I like that one. I mean, that's a pretty obvious one. It does feel pretty wide open. I couldn't believe, I tweeted this out this morning. I'm always checking that basketball reference uh, MVP (laughs) tracker. I love it. And Paul George is not on it. Yeah. And I don't really get why. Like, a lot of the names you mentioned are there, of course. Then you got, like, a Montrez Harrell in there. Okay. (laughs) Like, I get it. It's all numbers-based. He plays very little minutes. The numbers he puts up, it's incredible, but he's not an MVP guy. Uh, But, yeah, no Paul George. Like, what up with that basketball reference? Like, Mm. I don't know how he's not – I don't know how he's not on there. It's just weird to me, especially with the Clippers now winning games, which is – is pretty important in this MVP tracker there on basketball reference. But he'll get there, Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, so 
MVP race, very competitive, very intriguing. Is there any other ones, uh, Lee? Go to you next. Yeah, that, that oh, just, you're into? just before we get to that, I will say my pick for Trey Young is still alive because there isn't uh, someone running away with it right now. That's good. That's good. He just needs to turn things around. This is the great thing. The Hawks getting off to a bad start. When they do turn it around, Ooh, then he's going to join the crowd there. So I'm still... Okay, you had, you had Trey Young for MVP. I believe yeah. I had Embiid for MVP, and so he's not on the tracker, yeah. but he's obviously still a monster, and, and the Sixers sort of impressed people, but he's out now. Who did you guys have, Tass? And uh, Trey was... Were you guys Durant, bro? I that had Durant. Remember? Yeah. And yeah, Tass, I, you had Jokic. I took Jokic. Yeah, okay, okay. So you guys you guys are looking pretty good with your picks right now through 10 or 11 games. Um, but sorry, Lee, what other yeah. awards race you got your eye on? Well, we've actually got a race for six man of the year this year. I think there are several candidates who have uh, thrown their hat into the ring early. I think Tyler Hero... I think Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench. Yep. That would be uh, the nostalgic award if he was to win that. Montrez mentioned him already on a winning team, playing really, really well. And then you've even got last year's winner, Jordan Clarkson, who's uh, gotten off to a bit of a slow start. But he's uh, he's always in it because, you know, he just comes off the off the uh, bench and gives him buckets. And then Kelly Oubre, who had the 37 the other night. Maybe he can make a bit of a, uh, a run for it as well. Buddy Heald's also in the mix there. So, there's, uh, you know, this is 10. What about Caruso? Oh, Caruso as well. Throwing he's lean right now. The, the, the thing is, it tends to be the guy who just scores the most points off the right. bench who wins this award. Um, so he may not, uh, you know, may not factor into that point. But I think I've got probably Tyler Hero right now as the as the leader. But I think it's down to him and Montrez or Carmelo. Actually, Carmelo's been really good for the Lakers mm-hmm. off the bench. So this is not an award that a lot of people all care all that much about because it, it's, it tends to be a repeat winner and a guy, as I say, who just scores a lot. But actually, this year, I think there's probably... Half a dozen legit candidates right now, mm-hmm. and uh, be interesting to see who comes away with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then always, what happens sometimes with these the, the six man award is like because of an injury to somebody in the starting lineup. Right. That person is then inserted and sort of hurts their chances to win. Sometimes they remain on the bench, but uh, yeah, there are a lot of guys. Any other awards, tasks that uh, you're intrigued by? No, I was going to jump on the six man train because I, I love the diversity. Because Lee, as Lee said, usually it's just a. Uh, a hooper guy who just gets in and is a bucket like Jordan Clarkson. Uh, but now you got you got a little diversity in there. You got a, a guy like Mello who's just a three point specialist, has to be off the ball type of guy. While you got your classics, Jordan Clarkson, Tyler Hero sort of on the ball, Montrez Harrell, you're big, Alex Caruso, you're defensive sort of yeah. juggernaut. So it's different this year in the six man race at, at this point. It's like, you know. Pick the the type of player that you want, but all those guys impacting in, in different ways. And yeah, the MVP one is awesome. Uh, I just yeah, we aren't talking about Kevin Durant as Trey said. He's hitting nearly sixty percent of his shots. This is the best Kevin Durant we've ever seen, and uh, I think he is putting his stamp on the best player in the game. No disrespect, to Steph and Giannis and LeBron when he comes back, and, and then you know the Paul George Kawhi thing, but. He is number one. He's playing his best ball. It, it kind of reminds me of, you know, later years LeBron as he got better and better. This is Kevin Durant at 33 coming into his own. And maybe it helps that Kyrie's not around and and, and Harden's stinky. But uh, I think either way, he would be doing what he's doing at 58.5% from the floor. Like that's it's probably not going to hold up. Uh, but to be able to do that, um, man, this is this is the best one. This is the best season I think we've ever seen from KD. I thought you were going to go with the uh, Rookie of the Year race, if I'm being honest, mm, Tass. I know you love talking Mobley. I know you're loving Scotty Barnes on the Raptors. I think those two guys are the leaders right now, sort of neck and neck. Um, but 
you know, you never know if Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green, they have a hot month or two and they're suddenly back in the mix. And other guys have played well too. Like, I don't think they're going to win the award, but like Wagner and Giddy's had his moments and Duarte for the Pacers and Mitchell and his defense there. So uh, I think it's going to be like, I feel like Cade or Jalen will get into the sort of race. I think it's going to eventually be like a three-man race between a Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, and then one of those two guys. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. And you never know when they hit that little... 30 to 40 game mark, Lee, sometimes you see the rookies fall off because they're used to the college season or whatever. And they're like, whoa, geez, we got 50 games to play still. And it takes a toll on their body, even if they're mm-hmm. really young. And just like their, their mentality even of like, oh my God, this is a long, this is a grueling season. But uh, I think it'll be those two and then probably joined by one of those guys. Mm. I, have, I still have high hopes for one of them popping up. Yeah, winning usually has zero impact on this award. Yeah. But if Evan Mobley's team remains in the playoffs and the Pistons and the Rockets you know, are nowhere near the playoffs, that will certainly strengthen oh, for sure. Evan for Mobley's sure. case. You know, um, yeah. I think the yeah. same can be said with Scotty Barnes, too, who's yeah. been, like, at times the most consistent Raptor this season for a rookie. Yeah. yeah so. uh, all right, we'll take our first break here. When we come back, we'll get into the Gobert-Miles Turner dance, the little tussle. <laughs> uh, we'll get to the other games from last night. Got some NBA news, Tweet of the Week, a whole bunch of stuff, so don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. Selling a little? Yeah, cha-ching. Or a lot? (laughs) Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. 
Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash nodunks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. All right, back with no dunks here on a Friday drop podcast. Shout out to everybody joining us live here on the stream team. And of course, everybody listening or watching later. Let's touch on last night's games, and then we got some NBA news, and then we'll have some fun later on with Rapid Fire and Tweet of the Night. Uh, the first headline... I mean, the Jazz lost the game to the Pacers, but the headline is Rudy Gobert and Miles Turner tussle. It ends in four ejections. Uh, Tass, you know, was already joking about it. Tussle, I mean, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, they got tossed, though. So did Ingles and so did Donovan Mitchell. Uh, what would you think of this incident? And, of course, uh, the actual game, if you have comments on that as well. Oh, yeah. Let's start with the incident. Uh, yeah. A lot of fun here. Yeah. Uh, people in the stream team saying, you know, maybe Miles Turner just wanted to get some airtime on no dunks. So he started a little brouhaha, uh, which was hilarious because if there was ever a moment in the NBA where two guys could actually throw some fists, this was it. Because... Everybody else was on the other side of the floor. Right. Eight guys were on the other side of the floor. This was one-on-one, mano-a-mano, but they decided, uh, let's wrestle. Let's pretend we're in singlets in the ninth grade, and we are just going to get down on our knees in a mat and just just hold each other, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was like judo-esque. I think that's what they do in judo. Because... Uh, <laughs> Rudy Gobert just grabbed Miles Turner's shorts and yanked him down. <laughs> and uh, Miles Turner said, all right, uh, let's hug. I mean, it's it, it's great that there wasn't fisticuffs thrown, um, but it was uh, just hilarious. These guys didn't like each other, and so they hugged. It's also really funny when they're seven feet tall. <laughs> so yeah. Just like a bunch of two gangly dudes wrapping each other up there. Yeah, Lee, I mean... What, what did you think of uh, ultimately all f- like four people getting tossed in this? I know it was late in the game, still a ten point game I believe around that time after uh, after the incident. But yeah, any thoughts on this or a bunch of nothing? And there'll be no obviously suspensions and stuff like I, that. I don't think there'll be any suspensions because no one did throw a punch. No. no one wanted to throw a punch. They were just kind of yeah. Like, Gobert said that. I mean, yeah. he said nobody yeah. wants to throw a punch in the NBA. Yeah. And there's and you're right, Tass. Like if there ever was a time, they were alone. But even then, you know, you watch the clip. There's a security guard there, like pretty damn yeah. quick. Like everybody jumps in on these. They don't let them. They don't let them go, Lee. 
Yeah, Rudy's Rudy's boxing coach was in the crowd, and I think he was like, "If you want to actually fight, let's go and fight afterwards uh, in the ring and do it properly." So no one really wanted to. Uh, this was brilliant. <laughs> How many oh rounds we got? Four they rounds. Suspend, they got to suspend both these guys for the weakest fight in NBA history. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Come on, they're the two biggest guys out there, and all they're doing is hugging. Yeah. Weak, weak sauce. This was a fight from two guys who don't want to fight. Let's yep. go in the boxing ring and put on some gloves. <laughs> That's what you say when you don't actually want to get in a fight. So I say suspend them just because this was embarrassing. <laughs> a silver this... comes down with a one-game suspension for embarrassing the league for hugging. <laughs> uh, this was kind of brewing, though. It was a bit of a tense game and yeah. a really, really good performance from the Pacers on the second night of one of the toughest back-to-backs in the league. Mm-hmm. Sabonis, as well, was in foul trouble, so he wasn't really a factor. It was TJ McConnell. And Miles Turner hit some good uh, big threes. But also, the block shot, he was talking a bit of trash uh, to Rudy on that. And then Rudy pulled his shorts, and Miles was like, that's a foul. But it was also, the game wasn't over, but the Pacers were certainly in control at that point. It was a bad performance by the Jazz, who were, you know, not playing uh, on a back-to-back. So, um, you know, that's that's just sort of happened. It wasn't really anything much. Joe Ingles actually came in and gave Ed Malloy a good old shove. Uh, But... (laughs) And he got that's ejected. And right, that's why he so. got yep. ejected. Yeah, yeah. Right, rightfully so. Ref, yeah. He didn't. He wasn't. You know, he had no intention to hurt Ed Malloy. But you can't go and shove a referee. So he got tossed. And then uh, Donovan Mitchell was playing the Jimmy Butler. I want to fight everyone, <laughs> knowing damn well there's no way I have to actually go through with it. So you get tossed. The game's <laughs> over. It's easy to throw people out. There'll, I'm sure, be tons of fines in this one. You know, uh, for for the for the scuffling. But no one I expect will get actually suspended for it. I, I am a little worried. Uh, Trey, about okay, so we have the Jokic Morris thing go down. That was definitely more of a, it wasn't even not really a fight, but you know what I mean. It was more severe than this two guys hugging. Um, but I'm concerned <laughs> that we've been loving the game this year because they are letting them play more. They're you know they're they're, they're you get away with some contact as a defensive guy. If necessarily they're driving into you, you can you can get away with a bump. You can get away with the hit. They're letting them play. We love it. It's the, the game's like moving a little quicker, and it feels like a little bit more like the basketball that we all sort of play. If we're being honest, there's not a whistle every five seconds. But I say I'm concerned if this continues. I wonder if we're going to hear from the league to the officials saying mm, maybe we do have to start blowing the whistle again because Mitchell blamed this this whole thing on. The ref's just allowing too much contact. This is what he said. Quote, that whole thing could have been avoided. Just draw the line early as opposed to letting it build up for the whole game. And then Gobert echoed that saying, you know, they're allowing guys to do way too much shit. And I hope I'm not overreacting. I just, I don't want to come back on Monday and have like three more of these incidences. And it's like, I know what will happen. The league will be like, okay, well, we got to go back to calling everything because we don't like this. We don't like these headlines and guys not even fighting they're just hugging but it's still i guess not a good look is there am i overreacting maybe no you're not overreacting because there's no doubt that there is going to be less contact as the season goes on um and maybe you're right maybe uh, a couple of incidents with huge guys getting into fights i mean marcus or markeith morris and Jokic are also huge guys right like so you're seeing the biggest guys on the court constantly smashing into each other because there's a lot more uh contact allowed inside And just uh, as a point of emphasis, it just goes away over the course of the season. But I don't I don't know. I I think keep it as long as there's not actually injuries here. And honestly, like the league is probably fine with a fight like this. I'm having a laugh at it because like, come on, literally, come on. This was barely a fight. This was hugging out there. But that's the way you fight. You don't break your hands. Nobody gets hurt. 
even Miles Turner's bump on Gobert was like the weakest of bumps I've right. ever seen. Like not even close to a Morris bump. But I think that's a fair way to have a confrontation. Nobody's really getting hurt. Nobody's scared that they're going to get hurt. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just. Uh, we, I mean, oh. people complain about fouls and the referees forever. They're going to do it no matter what. So. No, but say- my point is, Lee. I mean, look, the Jokic one only happens. Remember, because I think Morris sees his guy, his giant guy in Bam Adebayo, get hit by Jokic underneath the rim. Nothing's called. Great. Let him play. And then Morris, like, retaliates. He starts the whole thing with the little take body check. And then, of course, Jokic retaliates. And now he misses a game as the reigning MVP. That's not a good look for the league. I'm just saying if this continues, because what happens is, like, they're just pissed off, it sounds like, these guys. Like, okay, now now I can't get a call or I'm getting slapped. I'm getting pushed. And it just, like, boils up, boils up, boils up. That you'll maybe have more of these incidents. Now, I love it. I want to see more of this, but I don't know mm. if the league does. Maybe, but Rudy Gobert's been fined for criticizing referees in the past. So he's not happy when there's too much True. called, and he's True. not happy when there's not enough called. So that's what it comes down to to me. It's like it's easy to just point at the referees if you lose a game and say, yeah, they either called too much or not enough, one or the <laughs> other. Uh, you know, Skeetsy, I don't know if, if Tass and Trey have ever refereed. I've refereed. There is the worst job in the world because oh, every, yeah. everyone hates you for every single call you make. And, uh, you know, without the referees, we wouldn't have a league, wouldn't have any sports. So I think I think we need to sit the players down and say, show a little bit more respect. They're not always going to get it right. They're not always going to get it right. But it's the easiest thing in the world to say, oh, well, that's not a foul, but... You know, that's not a foul when I do it, but when the guy hits me, that's clearly a foul. What are you talking about? How can you separate the two? So that's what it comes down to for me. Mm. Turner, Turner should be paid was feeling himself saying. too. Sorry, the, sorry re- to ask the refs should be paid more. They're the most important people on, on the floor. Listen, pay the refs. If there's no refs, there's no games. I mean... <laughs> what are you talking about? I play five on five all the time with no refs. <laughs> I, I, I that's mean, why we don't have any wrestles when we're playing. Listen, I remember when I was like 12 years old and I came home basically crying one day, losing a game. And I said, ah, oh, the refs did this, the refs did that. And dad was like, well, okay, if they're not there, who's playing? Who's refing? And, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, nobody, but that's still, they cost us the game tonight. And dad was like, if you're going to keep blaming the refs, then you're never going to win anything. So just get out there and play. <laughs> All right. so I, mean, I, I was going to say Turner was feeling himself too, in the good way. Like he had hit three threes sure. in the third quarter. Totally. He was like arguably out playing Gobert in last night's game. Absolutely. And, and Great Gobert block. pulls him down. He pulls yeah. him down. And then, on that okay. block, on that particular play, it was a beautiful block and, yeah. and he got blocked Gobert. They're losing the game. And uh, uh, Turner gave talked a little trash and then Gobert yeah. pulled him down. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, I think we're good. I think we're in a good spot with okay. how much physicality there is. I think the three guys that have complained the most are Trey Young, Damian Lillard, and Donovan Mitchell in this game. I know Harden's talked about it, but like Mitchell was frustrated. You, you mentioned his line, Skeets. He said, yeah, that guys are playing through physical contact, and it's leading to an uptick in physical confrontation. Uh, well, I mean, not really. <laughs> I, like That was a block on Miles Turner, and I think if – uh, Donovan Mitchell's upset. I, I get it. He was upset. That's why he came into the scrum. I think he's just frustrated with uh, the physical play. Uh, but um, I, I really don't see a problem. I think the Miles Turner Jokic one, uh, not Miles Turner, uh, the Jokic uh, Markeith Morris one could be avoided 
if there's no take fouls, that's what happened there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he didn't, he didn't, it wasn't just a, a scrap because, yeah, Bam got blocked. But if you eliminate the take fouls, I think that should be number one in, in, on the uh, the agenda. And then maybe that doesn't happen. Uh, but uh, the physical play, I mean, I, like, I want to make this block, clear. Man. I'm that loving it. Block. I'm loving yeah, the product right it. now. I think it's great. My concern is this weekend, another one of these goes down and somebody actually throws a punch. And whatever, there's an explosion that spills into the fans or whatever, because in their mind, I'm over this bullshit. You're not calling anything. So now I have to like stick up for myself and for my team. I'm just saying this is what could happen. Yeah, this is like two and centers. Then, and playing, then the league will I get it. beer back. Yeah, overcorrection. Sure. I, yeah. Yeah. The, but these are like two centers playing. I think Donovan Mitchell's mm-hmm. talking about something totally different. And yeah, the take fouls is another thing. Uh, we're, I think we're looking good right now. Less whistles. No refs needed. Get him out of here. I will add uh, to this game, Mike Conley got exposed in this game. Brogdon and then McConnell was cooking him every time. He looked his age, I got to say, oh, yeah. last night, Mike Conley. <laughs> and I know you got Gobert behind you. And Hell, maybe it's even the game plan half the time. Try and funnel the guy the right way, the, the dribbler and all that. But, oh, my God. Like, any guy Conley was on, he was getting scored on. It was, uh, it was pretty rough. Brogdon had a fantastic game McConnell did too and that was a good victory like you said I think Lee in a a back-to-back situation to bounce back and to not only keep we thought maybe they'll keep it close and lose but in the end they uh pull out a pretty pretty dominant victory down the stretch like they really uh uh drove the nail into the coffin at the end there after that incident okay another game from last night fun fun ending Clippers rallied to beat the Heat 112-109 they won their six in the row I know we've talked a little bit about the Clippers already, um, Trey, but the playmaking here between Paul George and Kyle Lowry in the fourth was awesome. Yeah, wild stuff down the stretch from Paul George and Kyle Lowry. George was good on the night, 27-4-5. and five. Uh, And Kyle Lowry, though, was hilarious in the fourth quarter. 22 uh, points in the fourth quarter. He ended up with 30. Scored the last nine for the Heat. And Miami still had a chance to win this. Like, they could have easily pulled this one out, no doubt, uh, against the Clippers. Down one with 15 seconds left. Duncan Robinson had a tough shot, but pretty open three-pointer. Just didn't have it going uh, uh, last night. And he bricked it. Hasn't shot well to start the season. Down three, last possession. The Clippers get a steal. So they made a couple of nice plays there to... uh, kind of dodge a bullet with uh, regards to Lowry bringing uh, bringing the heat back. But the best part for the Clippers is that Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe both played incredibly well when Paul George was sitting. The Clippers are a drive and kick team. Uh, they're a perimeter-based team. They're trying to get as many threes up as they can. The percentages are starting to climb up. They shot 41% from three last year. Unsustainable for sure, but they're only about league average right now. I assume that'll continue to tick up. But both of them were really great in the third. Jackson was penetrating in half court. Like you mentioned earlier, Lee, he was just living in the lane. And Bledsoe had his best game since probably opening night at the very least. Probably his best, maybe his best game with the Clippers in period. He was pushing it in transition. They were both really good. And then Paul George, another great game, 27-4-5. and five. And like you're saying, Skeets, going back and forth with Kyle Lowry down the stretch, making every kind of big shot that he needed to make. Uh, right until the end. Uh, and then the Heat just came up short a couple of times. So, fun game. That's what now? Six straight wins for the Clippers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're starting to look all right right now. Yeah, and I believe three losses in a row here for the That's Heat right. on this uh, sort of tough road trip. Um, yeah, I mean, Lowry got the back in the game. And then he got, like, unselfish and, and fine. I mean, like you said, found Duncan Robinson. That was after the steal that Lowry came up with. Uh, and he, he didn't feel like he had a... You know, a good look to pull up. Duncan's trailing. 
he bricks it. And then they still have a chance. They're down three. And I think it was Tucker, right, inbounding the ball on the side. And you're like, come on. Lowry's got to shoot it. The guy's on fire here in the fourth. He should be shooting it. And Tucker just didn't put enough height, I think, on the pass, like the skip pass over. Lowry's open. He's going to get a look at it if he catches it. And I think it was Batum Batum. that sort of popped his hand in there because, again, Tucker put no arc on that thing. You needed Kyle Lowry throwing that pass to Kyle Lowry, Mm. uh, unfortunately. But anyway, really entertaining game. Lee, I don't know if you have anything to add to it. Uh, not really. Only the Duncan Robinson, 28% from three this season. Really struggling. Uh, he got the big contract in the offseason. No Jimmy Butler, as you guys mentioned there last night. So Tyler Hero got the start and played well, but couldn't actually hit a three last night. Zero for six from him. And uh, reading the recap, first time in Heat franchise history, they've played the Lakers and the Clippers on a back-to-back in Los Angeles. First time ever. Wow. On a back-to-back, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, but you would just think it because the you know those teams that have to travel so far, yeah, you know they they true. try to knock out all those Western Conference teams in one hit. First time ever, the Lakers and the Clippers. So uh, thought that was unusual. But Nicholas Batum uh, playing really well too for the Clippers this season. He's been uh, he's been good for them. So things are going pretty nicely for LA. Um, will they keep it up? That's the big question. I think they can. Duncan Robinson, yeah. Very very bad start. He should have come on no dunks. There was discussion that he was going to be a guest on our show. We know everybody gets the starters no dunks bump when they yep. come on the show. They start playing well. He made a mistake. Yeah, that's, that's what on, happened. That's on you, yeah. Duncan. That's He'll on be you. all right. He'll be uh, the other game from last night, we can just touch on this quickly. Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr. hitting late threes as the Raptors got past the 76ers, who are still shorthanded. Uh, 115-109. Nice bounce back win here, Tass, from the Raps after a really deflating performance in Boston where they they got they got embarrassed and they could have even won that game because it's not like the Celtics played all that great but this was huge this one was fun down the stretch Van Vliet was awesome giving us his best Kyle Lowry you know impersonation really he had six threes 32 points Trent added 20 they played hard they threw a zone at Philly this is what we want to see from Nurse they scored in transition and uh OG really I mean the guys hit the shots in the corner but it was OG creating both of those which is nice to see as uh, if you're a Raps fan, him, uh, you know, adding that, I think, to his game, a little penetration. He got Drummond switched on on the one time. It's like, come on, you got to be able to blow by Drummond out there on the perimeter. And he did and drew the defense and kicked to the corner. And it was a good win from the, from the Raptors here, again, despite Sixers being shorthanded. Yeah, they, uh, they, they found something out of nothing there with OG doing a really, really good job creating. Not really his, uh, his MO to create to be that guy, but he made those shots happen. And, uh, yeah, just an exuberance around this team. It felt good watching this team. You know, my my fandom as a, as a guy who talks about basketball kind of wanes. But this team, I can get behind. I, I've, I've got some irrational love for some of these guys. Like Precious Achua. Oh, it makes billions of mistakes. Oh. I'm going to love him forever. <laughs> really? I don't care. Yeah, it was nice to see Boucher night. finally have a good game for the Boucher, Raptors. Yeah. He was good. It, he was phenomenal. He is. Uh, he said he he told uh, Kayla Gray of TSN that he listened to some soca music before the game. Got him feeling good. Of course, it gets you feeling good. It gets you moving those hips. Uh, yeah, but he didn't look like the, that guy that was amazing last year at all. I mean, he's come back from injury, so that's to be expected. They got a lot of guys uh, that uh, are really up and really down, and uh, I, I think it's easy to sort of get behind them though. They've got a lot of personality. John Hollinger keeps saying uh, about this Kyle Lowry trade that. You know, it's the old thing in the NBA. A guy's going to leave as a free agent. If you can trade him for something, you might as well trade him for something. And they traded for Goran Dragic and Precious Achua. And Hollinger always says, you could have used that $30 million in cap room instead of Dragic and, and Precious Achua. And I was, you know, I'm, I was of the opinion that 
I'll take a chance on Precious too, but he has just, he's been he's bad, been and they're not even playing Goran Dragic. But they kept playing Precious in this game, and it paid off at the end. I mean, he made he made big energy plays. If he, you know, they're 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 just letting him go and seeing what he can become, and uh, then they'll rein him in one day. I think that that's what this year is about. Uh, Eric Kareen wrote about it. This is what this year is about: just letting it fly, seeing what these guys can do, and then. And then you know maybe they become a better team later on, but it's it's fun to watch. Uh, you know the the highs and the lows. It's it's one of those years with the Raptors. It's uh, it's a little painful at times, but it can be some good highs too. It's always fun to see somebody pull out the big balls dance too, like Van Vliet did. Uh, we'll be waiting to find out how much he gets uh, fined here today, Lee. Any guesses on uh, on the number the NBA is going to slap on him? Because you're not supposed to do this. Uh, yeah. You know, Sam Cassell, Major League type big balls dance. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember who last did it, but I think it's a $30,000 sort of standard Oh, fine. 15 per testicle. Yeah, I think so. But honestly, I mean, you hit the corner three and Sam's on the bench, isn't he, in Philadelphia? That's people, right. So, yeah, I mean... I think it's, you know, this is where Adam Silver was just going to say, it's all right. This isn't out of control. I mean, let's just uh, let's just have some fun with it. But, uh, yeah, great shot. And what about the shot? Not quite the Kawhi, of course. It didn't bounce up. But the rattler in from the corner there mm-hmm. against Philadelphia. I thought, oh, yeah, there's some uh, heartbreaking memories there for Sixers fans. Yeah, I will say Philly fans got to be happy with Tyrese Maxey because he was awesome again in this one. After, what, 31 uh, mm-hmm. in the last game for Philadelphia, he went for 33 in this one and, and was, I mean, he makes you he makes you forget about the Ben Simmons uh, sort of controversy for a little bit because he looks, he looks great. A lot of confidence in that guy. I mean, we've seen these flashes before from him, but to put two games like that back to back and I get it they're, they're shorthanded so he maybe has to take more of these shots like that's good that's good for Philly fans 17 uh, points close. per game right now 50% shooting 38 from the field gets in the lane basically anytime oh. he wants oh, to yeah. if the jumper's dropping he's gonna be a solid player yeah I mean that's the thing he was do- like Van Vliet was on him a lot of the time and he's like Van Vliet's a good defender like, at the at the point guard position on the perimeter holy crap he was flying by him wasn't even like close uh, and then finishing, for the most part, inside last night. So, great game from him. Fun, fun game. We'll wait to see uh, how much he gets fined for the big balls dance, because he is. They, I'm sorry, Lee. You're right. I'm wish, I wish uh, Silver Balls would let it go, but uh, he will not. 90s are back, Skeets. Balls are back. Knicks are back. I saw they're selling Jinkos again now. <laughs> they are. Let the big ball, balls dance come back. Right. Why not? Yeah, Fighting's so back. Good. Fouls are back. Yeah. Do you think he Old did it? Do you, did he do it well enough for you, Tass? I'll just show oh, the photo God, one yeah. more time. Yeah, he, like, his, his balls like are heavier, low. I guess, than Sam Cassell. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> larger. He went real low on it. Respect. Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think he's he's trying to one up Sam Cassell, saying these balls are bigger, like the CFL. Like our balls are bigger. There it is. Uh, okay, well, we have some more Simmons news. Let's throw it in here. Ben Simmons feels that the Philly organization is worsening his mental health through fines, targeting, and negative publicity. This is according to Simmons' agent and Clutch Sports CEO, Rich Paul. In a report from The Athletic's uh, Sham Sharanya, Paul insists that the 76ers are attempting to force Simmons to play despite him informing the team that he is not mentally prepared to return to the court. Quote here, either you help Ben or come out and say he's lying. Rich Paul told The Athletic, told Shams. Which one is it, he continued. Now, a 76ers team official denied the report. You know, they're, they're saying, we're not forcing Ben's return, and we are not accusing him 
of lying. So they've, they've, you know, obviously Shams reached out to the 76ers and that's what they said. So I don't think any of us have probably a lot to add to this very messy situation. We've talked about it in great detail. Um, Tass, am I wrong or do you have something? Because <laughs> like this is just, it's just this, this sparring between really Rich Paul and, and Maury and the Sixers organization here. Uh, he said, he said, I guess a little bit. Well, I, I guess the one positive is uh, Simmons is talking to a Sixers sanctioned doctor and they mm-hmm. seemingly are trying to get to a resolution. Now, the words in this article doesn't make it seem like that, uh, but are they on the same page? Are they trying to get Ben Simmons back into a state where he feels comfortable playing? I hope so. And, and by saying that he is seeing a, a team-sanctioned doctor, that sort of means yes. Now, there was uh, a schedule handled uh, handed to Ben Simmons, according to this article, which said, hey, there's a Thursday game against the Toronto Raptors. This is part of your schedule now. And right. uh, Rich Paul and Ben Simmons did not like that because... In the past, if there's something on a schedule like a game, that means he'll be fine if he does not attend. So there is still a gap in this uh, in this communication. But I would like to see him closer to playing, for obviously for him, and uh, for, the, for the Sixers to resolve this issue as well. I think the, as soon as he steps on the floor, it bodes well for both Ben and him getting traded, and the Sixers and the, their ability to trade him. And again, this is unprecedented, not only the mental health part, uh, but that a guy will just sit out for this long and won't play for this long. Because as we've said, Anthony Davis in New Orleans, at least he's suited up for the team, so it's a different scenario. Jimmy Butler, he told uh, everybody, you MFers need me, and then he at least suited up for the team. So either this, is, this is where we are. I, I just I hope we're going towards a resolution. Are we? Maybe? I don't know, but it's funny you brought up guys not playing because within this report from Shams, Rich Paul himself brings up John Wall and what's going on with the Rockets, Trey. And people are going, how can you possibly be comparing these two? Because he's, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but Rich Paul, who I think reps John Wall as well, Mm -hmm. is like the Rockets, they're paying him. They don't want him to play. And that's like within the rights sort of of the CBA. But then the flip of this is the Simmons situation. It was sort of, uh, I don't know, I wasn't really following how they were similar enough, but maybe I'm <laughs> missing something. What do you think? Uh, I wasn't following a lot of this one, <laughs> this uh, this report. A lot of words in it. <laughs> don't, lot. don't be so sad. <laughs> man, like, come on. Uh, man, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know, Skeets. It's hard to have a take. Like, I'm surprised to see John Wall sitting on the Rockets bench as well. Right. Like, they're paying him to not play, but he's still there at least sitting and perhaps advising. I don't know. Literally, the only thing I thought that was interesting in this one was when Rich Paul said, I want Ben on the floor, whether that's in a 76ers uniform or any other uniform. That's not up to me, but I want him in a state where he can resume play. All we've heard from their camp is that Ben Simmons will not play for the 76ers again. Mm -hmm. This maybe opens the door. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I thought was interesting. Otherwise, this is more of the same. Ben Simmons is not playing, but the Sixers want him to, and Ben doesn't want to. Lee, take us home on this. Any final thoughts? <laughs> I'm going to go to the John Wall side, and I, I think sure. um, it's quite simply that no one wants to trade for that contract, and that's why he can't get out of Houston. And the Rockets have said, well, you're not a part of our future, so we'll keep paying you, but you're not a part of the team. So if John Wall says, all right, you know, right, I'm not going to opt into that final year of his contract, Potentially, he can go somewhere else, but uh, I, you know, it's his. You know, he's owed like eighty-five million dollars, so he doesn't want to walk away from that, which is understandable. 
But it's also understandable that no team wants to really trade for a guy who we just don't know what he's capable of, of either at this point of his career. So uh, not sure what the resolution is for him. And uh, on the Sixers side, it's uh, yeah. I, I just think until Ben gets on the court, so teams can at least see what he's like, it's going to be a lot harder for a trade to happen. You still think Ben Simmons is going to play for the 76ers? <laughs> I know Tass does, and it yeah. feels like you do too. And I, I think right. I think I think he I don't see it. Has but. to. I just think he has to just to just to get out on the court again because I I, I just think think right now. This is not a good look at all, uh, obviously, either for other teams who, again, teams will take uh, a low ball offer to, to the Sixers. They'll say, we'll, we'll give you, you know, player 12, 13 and a draft pick, but we're not giving you any of our good players for a guy we just don't know what state he's in right now. So mm-hmm. that's what I think. Okay. Simmons um, for a wall, do it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, final piece of news. Earmuffs here, Trey. Yesterday, Bull center Nikola Vucevic tested positive for COVID-19 and entered the NBA's health and safety protocols. The positive test means that the uh, two-time All-Star here is going to be sidelined for 10 days or until he has two negative PCR tests in a 24-hour period. The Bulls begin a five-game road trip uh, through the West tonight. They start in Golden State uh, in the Bay there versus the Warriors, so that will be a fun game. Uh, This sucks, obviously, for him. People are wondering, did did he actually get this by playing Joel Embiid and the Sixers who've had a ton of guys uh, in uh, health and safety protocols because of COVID. Who knows? But who steps up, you think, here in Vooch's absence? And and can the Bulls remain back and hot while Vooch isn't there? Uh, Double bummer timing, honestly, for Vooch here because he just had his best game in weeks against the Mavericks. Kind of felt like he was finding his rhythm, and I love seeing Billy Donovan and the Bulls get him a ton of post-up touches late in that game against Porzingis and Dwight Powell. We've said for a couple of times, like, he can't just be a spot-up shooter out there. They need his three-point shooting. Uh, The Bulls just don't take a lot of threes. Obviously, Vooch hasn't been hitting them this season, but he takes them, which is certainly valuable, and he moves the ball from side to side, from DeRozan to Levine, off these short rolls or just kind of Al Horfording it, turning it over to the other side. That little continuity is something that the Bulls are going to miss, no doubt. And it's coming right before the road trip where it would be just a great test to go out on the road for five games and play a bunch of really solid teams. They got the Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Blazers, Nuggets. That's a lot of good big guys as well, right? right? You got Jokic, Nurkic, Zubats, Anthony Davis, Draymond. I mean, those are probably not who uh, Vooch would have been guarding anyways, but you would like to have a big guy around, especially for that Jokic game. So my guess is that this will be a Tony Bradley steps into the starting lineup as the only other real big guy that's around for the Chicago Bulls right now. I think he'll get a lot of minutes against the the teams that play big, like the Blazers and the Nuggets. And then Derek Jones Jr., I think, will get a lot more minutes. He's been really solid for the Bulls the past couple of games, playing with a lot of effort. Obviously, he doesn't give the three-point shooting that Vucevic does, but he runs the court and he at least tries to defend. Alizé Johnson probably playing small ball five off the bench. I think those kind of those guys are going to step in and play a few more minutes here. But the Bulls are now down their starting front court. Yeah, they're starting front court with uh, Pat Williams gone and Vooch out now. So it's kind of a bummer. You know, they've been playing really well through the first 11 games. But this would have been a huge test because they've had some easy games on the schedule for sure. You know, the Pistons twice. Uh, they beat up on the Pelicans, uh, the Raptors, of course. Nothing, yeah. nothing. Uh, anyways, but yeah. uh, but they've played it. They've had an easier schedule, very home heavy. Now they're going out west to see where they really stand, missing two starters. So that's a bummer. But hopefully he is able to get healthy uh, by the time they get back from this road trip. 
thought the road trip was going to Europe. Jokic, Nurkic, Zubac. Ha <laughs> big dad joke right there. Uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's worrisome, I think. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, let's bring it back to earth. Their schedule has been a little softy, especially against the Raptors. No, I get, it has it has been. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're proving that they're a very good team. Yeah, this would be nice for them. Uh, tonight, uh, Zach uh, against his wine-drinking buddy, uh, Draymond Green. That's, I think, you know, the Warriors are going to try and bother the hell out of Levine. I can't watch. I can't wait to watch. <laughs> I can watch. Uh, I can't wait to watch. <laughs> Um, that because they are just going to go at him, I think. And the Warriors are such an incredible defense. It's going to be fun. Uh, good tease for our Pick'em game later. Mm-hmm. We're going to be uh, deciding on that one, Warriors and Bulls, uh, on a Friday night. But let's take our final break, and when we come back, we got Tweet of the Night fun. We'll get to those Pick'em results and our picks, and then some rapid-fire questions. We'll be right back. All right, back with no dunks. It's not really an ad read unless we screw up the brand's name. (laughs) (laughs) Two for two in that book. (laughs) They're not easy to say some of these, are they? Uh, All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Let's circle back. The discussion we had on Thursday's show, we discussed former NBA player Darren Williams getting into the ring. Darren's going to fight Frank. Gore. Now, that's going to be a real fight, as Trey said. You don't want to fight a guy <laughs> named Gore. Um, but I uh, can't wait to watch that. Mm-hmm. I think that's happening, do we say, this weekend? No, or it's in. Uh, it's it's late oh, December, I want to say. I think it's right before Christmas. Getting us hyped. Yeah, yeah. December 18th or something. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was November 18th. Yeah, December 18th. Anyways, we discussed NBA players, and if they were on a card, how the boxing or the card would all shake out. Well, Nick Buccelli sent us a sweet fight card poster. Very well done. Wow. Headliner? You guys want to start with the headliner? Let's start with the headliner. Jokic and his bros against the Morris bros with Jimmy Butler. <laughs> three on three, I guess we're going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you never know. Maybe one of these guys is a manager and will just join in. Like, Jimmy Butler's the manager. He likes to talk. Sure. You know? Promote it, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, and uh, then maybe he'll jump in. Either way, three on three. Who are you guys taking here? Let's say it was a three on three, a, a wrestling wrestling duel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm going Morris Brothers. Hmm. Three professional athletes versus one. So oh, I'm going. Wow. I'm going Morris's here. Hmm. Uh, I'll take the Jokic brothers for craziness factor. They've already bought tickets apparently for the um, rematch in Miami and South Beach, so uh, <laughs> you know they're up for it. I'll take the Jokic's. I'll take a, a DQ, a no ending to this. The Plumleys, the Zellers, they both storm in. <laughs> nice. It's like that uh, weird scene in Anchorman where all the uh, the news channels <laughs> throw down turns into like a fatal four way match. So yeah. No, but nobody's leaving here with the belt because the Plum Dogs and the Zellers show up. Maybe the yeah, holidays, too. <laughs> the holidays, underrated, I think. Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> a scrappy bunch. Yeah, for Smaller sure. in size, yeah. Yeah, but they never miss games. They've got a, 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 a lot of Iron Men in, in that family. Uh, so let's go a little bit further down Nick Buccelli's card. Uh, well done here. Very well presented. Um, he went with... Uh, Diamond Dallas Page and yep. Carl Malone versus Dennis Rodman and Hulk Hogan, classic NBA NWO days. Yep. Those were the classics. And, uh, you know, some deeper cuts here. Matt Barnes versus Derek Fisher. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah, that's personal. Spicy. And Rob, uh, Robin Lopez versus the Raptor. Oh. Uh, 
See, that should be a, like a gauntlet match for Robin yeah. Lopez. He should fight like 10 mascots. Like they, you know, they come in one at a time. I don't know if that's what a gauntlet match is called, but it makes sense to me. Uh, How about a Robin Rumble where he has to fight all 30 okay. mascots and okay. throw them out of the ring? I would sign up to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I see he's still doing his bits, huh? He's uh, He has befriended Stuff the Magic Dragon down there in Orlando. Can't wait for the heel turn, though. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That's Which great. Which mascot would put up the best fight? Like an actual uh, resilient... Well, Lucky the Leprechaun's a man. Small man. <laughs> He's a pretty small man, though. Yeah. Uh, gorilla, gorilla still, just for the uh, oh, historical yeah. angle. Mascot. You know? Yeah. Good one. Is, uh, is the Brooklyn Knight still around? He's got a lot no, of protection. Nah. <laughs> He's gone. R.I.P. to the Brooklyn Knight. <laughs> uh, yeah, he got retired. I mean, a Cleveland... Cleveland man, does he have a sword? Oh, Ooh, that's oh, a good yeah. point. He, he does have Weapons. a sword, the cab does. And I remember um, Moondog, I remember he got jacked in the face by David West once. <laughs> like, it was like, an intro, <laughs> yeah. like an introduction, David West just jacked him in the face. He took it pretty well. You know? So at least <laughs> Moondog can take a punch. Moondog's got a chin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, the Cavs have like two mascots, don't they? They have... They have Moondog, and then they have that sword guy. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> sword guy. Yeah. Maybe that's his name. So they, they could team up on somebody, I guess is what I'm getting at here. Uh, Grill is a great answer, Lee. I yeah. mean, I'm really, I'm struggling to think of uh, somebody else. Like, who's the who's the biggest mascot? Is it like Bernie Cl- or Clutch is G-Wiz? pretty big, isn't Clutch he? is pretty Clutch big. Clutch is yeah. big, yeah. yeah. Can't punch him in the stomach either. Nah. <laughs> Very nah. wide Oh, waist. yeah. People are saying Sir Cece is that <laughs> other Cavs uh, yeah, sword guy's well, name. Yeah. Uh, that's who cuts my hair as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, a coyote, a but that's it. <laughs> so that coyote in San Antonio is just gentle. He ain't roughing Too anybody silly. up. Yep. Yeah. I think uh, I think you know who's the most conniving. Like who'd be the dirtiest to win? Like if this was an actual wrestling match, Benny the Bull is he would do anything to get the victory. He's not <laughs> he's not lovable, and I, and I love him. But, he's a rascal. Uh, yeah, he he would he would do some low blows like we saw in the cold open, Ric Flair style, and he would you know trip guys and put his foot up on the rope to get out and stuff like that. Yeah. I saw him in a ba- boxing match with uh, Matt Austin once upon a time. It, <laughs> it was vicious. Uh, These yeah. two just true. Bango, does Bango still do the jump where he like uh, climbs up the ladder and does a flip for a dunk? Because that's a risky stunt there. So you got to think a reckless kind of performer inside those antlers. This this is the this is the real the real you know best answer. It's uh, from MHAQ. It's it's King Cake Baby. Oh. Now I know King Cake Baby not a real NBA mascot, but an yeah. NBA affiliated mascot, and yeah, that's who I'm terrified of. So mm. good good answer. That's a good answer. Um, just to add on to Trey's point about Matt boxing <laughs> the bull areas. There's Matt if you're watching on YouTube. <laughs> nice what a bull! Oversized gloves. No mention of the Raptor. I mean, not one. Well, yeah, he's pretty right. crazy actually when yeah. you think about it. Yeah. 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 I think the Raptor versus Benny the Bull would Big be good a battle. great mascot really versus good mascot fight. <laughs> get the inflatable Raptors, the, I don't know, manager maybe. Get Todd in there as the manager. <laughs> sure, sure. All right, yeah, so who did that Nick, Todd. right? Putting together that fight card. I guess we got to yeah, throw Nick Miles, Pichelli, Miles Turner so and um, Gobert got to be added to it. They got to add him. Late yeah. add. Great stuff. 
Great Photoshop work there, Nick. Okay, pick em results brought to you by BetMGM. Last night, Pacers Jazz game, as we said, and uh, Jazz were favored by nine and a half. Pacers are in a back-to-back situation. Didn't look all that great versus Denver, and they win! <laughs> the NBA, it's crazy. And that's a victory for Tass and myself. Loss for Trey and Lee, and we are tight. We're tight, tight, tight right now. Lee and Tass in the lead at six and three. I'm five and four, and Trey's right there at four and five. So Tass, I believe there are 25 games on this weekend, <laughs> uh, but we're only focusing on Friday night. There's a lot on tonight. Which one are we going with? Well, we told you Bulls Warriors, but what's the line? That's it's too juicy. I'm, I guess a tiny bit surprised by the line. Okay. Five and a half point favorite at home. The Golden State Warriors ooh, are. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Ooh. Can the Bulls keep it close? You three say yes. Yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> Bulls for Trey Skeets and Lee. Yeah. I am taking uh, the Golden State Warriors. Who the heck knows? Uh, how do you see this game going down, Trey, being the, uh, the Bulls man? Well, I think that this is not a game that the Bulls are necessarily going to be missing Vucevic, which is a which is good for them. I mean, he hasn't been great this season, but he is their big guy. I think that the Bulls will be able to get by with their small lineups here because theoretically the Warriors will do the same once it really comes down to it. Derek Jones Jr. has been playing well. Obviously, Caruso and Lonzo have been solid. I just like what I've seen from the Bulls, and there's no way I'm ever going to pick against them in a pick and payoff. So, uh, I mean... Fair. It's, if you ever want to swerve on me, throw the bulls in the pick and payoff because you know where I'm going. Oh, been there, done yeah. that with the Raptors over the last couple of years. Yeah. Trey. You know, it's tough. You can it's get in like, trouble for sure. Yep, yep. Um, okay, but I, I found this to be the most difficult game to try and figure out. I mean, look, I've had a garbage record, so <laughs> whatever that means. But I was like, when you shared this one this morning, Taz, I was like, God, I don't know. I really don't know. I can see the Warriors winning by 20, and I can see the Bulls winning the game outright. Um, but ultimately, I decided to go with the uh, Trey Kirby Bulls are back, and so did Lee. So good luck to us, I guess. And I like no no luck that, to you, Tess. No, none to me. Yeah. Uh, it was very tough, so I uh, assigned it to my daughter. I asked her who's going to win this game. She was adamant. The Golden State Warriors. And I said, by how many points? <laughs> you got to tell me the <laughs> yeah, line, yeah. kid. What if they win by five? She said, by a hundred. Oh, mm. it's oh, her man. favorite number. Blowout. Recently. She's so not. Yeah. yeah. I like the fact uh, that it's on national TV for the Warriors, you know? They like to show up. It's on ESPN. So, looking forward to this baby. A it, late it's, one. It's It'll difficult because the Warriors have a great record, but as we've talked about, they haven't played all that many great teams, and we know oh, the no. Bulls are a good team, so it's like, well, which one is it? Are the Warriors legit and are for real? And it doesn't matter who they're going to play, and they're going to kick their ass, especially at home, um, which I think this is their last game of their eight-game homestand or whatever the heck they're at? Or is it the opposite, where it's like, oh, now they're playing a really good team, and maybe it's a lot closer, or maybe they even lose. So that's why it was difficult for me. But let's hear from everybody in the stream team. Get your picks in. Take in the Bulls or the Warriors. they got to win by six points or more. Don't forget that. Okay. Well, let's wrap up this very fun drop podcast with a little rapid-fire fun. Tass has the questions. J.D. Lee and Trey are answering. Let's go. Here we go. Got some tough questions for you, gentlemen. New Orleans Pelicans writer Mason Ginsburg reported that courtside seats cost a mere $100 when OKC visited New Orleans this week. When's the time you came across something that was unexpectedly cheap? JD. Well, it wasn't exactly cheap, but it was way cheaper than I thought it was going to be. We recently, as you know, we've, we've been doing some work around the house here, and part of the work was getting our driveway expanded, so basically making it double the size. 
And if you asked me, you know, three or four weeks ago, I'd be like, uh, how much would it cost? I'd be like, I don't know, between 50000 and a million dollars. You know, like, a, <laughs> like no clue how much no something clue. would like. It yeah. was just, it seemed like out of the realm of possibilities because, you know, yeah, it involves bringing a cement truck. Which, uh, here's a picture of it happening, which was, like, so oh. awesome, man. Like, to have a cement truck on your property <laughs> just and guys just <laughs> pouring cement was, like, the highlight of my month, I think. Uh, you know, so it was like a few thousand dollars. I mean, it wasn't cheap, but it was so much cheaper than we thought it would be. And here's the finished product. And, like, uh, Ooh. it's just, like... Gotta, it's like magic to me. It's just like these guys are awesome, <laughs> and you know, Rachel would have like the entire property paved. Like she was so thrilled with how it turned out, but uh, it's crazy. Like uh, it's so cool. Just a couple of thousand bucks, and you got a new driveway. It's awesome. But you won't watch Tough as Nails after Survivor. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm not going to watch a TV show. Same. <laughs> These guys were watch tough it as in nails. Real life. <laughs> it's so it's so emasculating too because it was like I mean this is me working like boop boop. It's like so let, let me know if you need anything, guys. I'll be right over here. And they see they like see me in the garage going beep. Like, oh, please, please don't disturb my husband. He's, uh, what time is the truck going to be coming? Because he's, uh, he's doing his very important work in the garage. It's like, oh my God. Give me a shovel. Get me out of there, guys. I like to imagine they show up and you're like, if you need me, I'll be in the classic factory working hard in here. Uh, very, very good. I, I do get excited seeing a cement truck work. So that would have been, uh. That would have been a blast. And yeah, paving your whole property, that would be nice. Oh, yeah. Some people do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, some people down here put in artificial grass so yeah. they never have to right. touch it ever again. <laughs> now that's expensive. Yeah. Think. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Probably $50,000 to a million dollars. Somewhere. Somewhere in the ballpark. Uh, Lee, unexpectedly cheap. What, what, what was it? Yeah, I, I think I have uh, mentioned this story before, but I was walking around the sunny streets of London one beautiful summer's day. And all of a sudden, this guy out of nowhere just started uh, hawking, like, all these great men's colognes, like CK1 and Davidoff Coolwater. And it was like, these were selling for, like, 50 pounds in store, and he was selling for, like, 10 pounds. And I was like, oh, my God, give me some of that. Cash, cash, (laughs) cash. I was throwing money at him. I came home to my brother and said, look at all this stuff I just picked up off the street. And he's like, where did you get that? And I said, oh, this guy was just selling it. He's like, oh, my God. Just tip that down the sink. That's just garbage. <laughs> and it was. But, uh, yeah. So it, it was, it was a, uh, a cheap lesson, but it was a lesson nonetheless. <laughs> did it smell like anything or did yeah. you spray it on and like, I it s- burns! <laughs> I definitely didn't spray it on me because, you know, those, you know, the cologne bottles, they're, they're you know, really beautiful, high quality bottles. Mm-hmm. This was just like any old spray bottle full of stuff. And my brother was like, what do not put that in it didn't Well, like God, the, the I didn't pack- realize it didn't look like it. Oh, no, it but did. The packaging, the packaging oh. was legit. The cardboard packaging was all legit. It was all plastic wrapped and everything. So I was just like, oh yeah, I mean, it's hot, uh. but it's pure. <laughs> and then the bottles were just like, no, nah. it was just full of rubbish. So... <laughs> Yeah, it cost me, uh, and, and I was on. I was caliente. On, I was on my. Uh, <laughs> I was on my Australian currency at the time, which you, like it was like two dollars fifty for one pound, and this was like it ended up costing me about sixty pounds or something like that. So, it cost me about a hundred and fifty Australian dollars to just pour 
junk down the sink. So. Wow, <laughs> that's cheap. <laughs> uh, all right, Trey. It's hot, but it's pure. Oh, I thought the same thing when I bought a pair of $10 Folkleys on a class trip in eighth grade to Washington, D.C. For me, though, the answer, I accidentally ran an awesome scam on eBay once. I bought a pair of uh, Timberland boots for $25 pair of beef broccolis. I was like, okay, great. I'll try them out, see if I like them. Had them for a couple of weeks and the soles just fell off. Like they started disintegrating while I was walking around. So I emailed Timberland. I said, hey, I got these boots. The soles are falling off. They said, send them in and we'll send you a free pair. So I bought a pair of boots for 25 bucks off eBay. They broke, sent them in. Got a brand new pair of Timberlands back. Half oh. size too small, but still. That's wow. fine. That's fine. <laughs> Could never wear yeah. them. Uh, but so were they real Timberlands? The oh, first yeah, time? yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. They were just older. So, uh, I mean, that'll happen to a boot. I, I feel like a boot will be 100% sturdy when you're out there pouring uh, uh, driveway cement for 10 years, and then suddenly one day they just fall apart, and your shoes fall off, and then hopefully the company hooks you up. Awesome. Great answers, guys. Well, I didn't really have a lot of faith when I wrote these ones, but you guys came through. All right, next one. Uh, This one comes from faithful No Dunks listener Robbie. Thought of this one after hearing you guys talk Mario Kart. What's a video game where you're adamant about playing with a specific character? JD. Uh, It actually is Mario Kart as a video game, and I have never not played as Wario. Always. Wow. (laughs) It's got to be Wario. I just love... uh, I'm a warrior. I'm a gonna win. Like that. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's just awesome, man. It's awesome. And it, you know, the kids get pissed off because they sometimes want to play with Wario, but I just put my foot down and they, I'm Wario, and I'm a gonna win. <laughs> hey, I'm Wario. You can't play with the same guy. I thought you could. No, guess not. Two guys at the same time? I don't think you can. Oh, I, I mean, you, we you wouldn't could. even like we, they, we we like we oh. that, even if you could. That's still not allowed. That's, like, no, yeah, it's not allowed. I thought you could, like your different like sort of colors a little bit, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Nope. But I'm with you. In principle, you can't have like three Wario's out there, no. Yeah, no. Okay. All right. Lee. Uh, when I was living with my old mate Benny in Canada, we bought NBA Live in two thousand and one. And you know at the start you sort of you just pick teams and then you just pick another team until you find your guy. Well, I loved Eddie Jones on the Miami Heat and Benny hated him. So every single game, Benny would choose other teams. I would always be Eddie Jones for the Miami Heat, and I would always try to get a triple-double more than I would try to win the game because that would drive him crazy. And it worked a few times where I'd get the triple-double and a loss, but I'd be like, oh, I was trying to get a triple-double, so it doesn't matter. I won I won what I was trying to do. But if I got a win on top of it, it was even better. So, uh, yeah, Eddie Jones, he was awesome. Awesome. So, Eddie Jones. so hard to get a, a triple-double on a, a 12-minute uh, NBA Live back in 2001, but I did it a few times. <laughs> this guy patted himself on the back. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> uh, real Russell Westbrook. Up there. Uh, yeah. Trey, what do you got? Uh, I always would choose Scorpion anytime I would play Mortal Kombat, just because mm. I, I love the spear. Mm-hmm. Come here! Yep. Get over here! I feel like he was the most talkative <laughs> character uh, amongst <laughs> the Mortal Kombats out there. Uh, so yeah, I was a, I was a Scorpion guy. I don't know if he was the best. He felt a little limited to me, actually, because, you know, you would experiment with others. I think Liu Kang was probably my favorite to play with, but Scorpion the most fun, for sure. The bloodiest, I would say. Did you have a Street Fighter guy, too? 
I would go for Guile. Love the haircut. Yeah, Guile. Sorry but I kind of feel like he's very similar to Scorpion. Like, I keep picking these characters that like the in-close combat, when in reality, I'm more of a sniper from the outside. There you go. <laughs> I just Take played Mortal, Mortal Kombat with uh, Jackson and just had my ass handed to me. Oh, yeah? A- and he was Rambo. Ugh. That's the like made it even worse. <laughs> Rambo. Rambo. Yeah, you can play as Rambo and RoboCop and what? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's so it's have you played the latest version no. of it? It's hilariously gross. Like it is so over the top violent. Like uh, it's it's incredible. But I'm like just mashing buttons and he's just destroying me. On the Switch? No, on uh, the PS4. Oh. All right. Learn something new every day. All right, last one. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks visited the White House this week, and President Biden surprised everyone when he addressed guard Dante DiVincenzo first. Both of them did grow up in Delaware. When's a time you remember someone receiving unexpected praise? JD. It's actually our man Trey Kirby, and I'm. Uh, I had to hit him up on the DMs to just to confirm this story, but uh, it was way back. You guys probably remember with the first time we ever had our uh, a meeting with NBA, and it was at NBA E in Secaucus, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the guys there randomly said, "Oh, Trey Kirby, he <laughs> guys, he has this awesome Pau Gasol." <laughs> Impre- impersonation, right? And it, and he was like, we were all like, oh yeah, 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 well, as if we knew what he was talking about. Yeah. And uh, I did. Trey, you didn't have any idea what he was talking, or did you know what he was talking about? But it was. Just I didn't like, know what he was so. talking about, um, except for that, like. <laughs> Literally, probably like five years prior, I had tweeted something about Pau Gasol always having hoof hands anytime he would want to complain. But I didn't right. think it was like an impersonation, but <laughs> I felt the pressure. They're like, you, you better do it. You better do that, Pau Gasol. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You want to see my hoof hands? <laughs> Went over, though. I do remember that. Yeah, that, that uh, yeah I, mean, I think we were all confused. <laughs> what are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> All right, Lee. It's crazy. Yeah, it was weird. When the Toronto Raptors won the championship in 2019, it was fairly obvious who the finals MVP was going to be. All to everyone, except for Hubie Brown, who went with Freddie Van Vliet over Kawhi Leonard to win finals MVP. Kawhi uh, won 10 of the 11 votes from the uh, media, but there's just that one vote in there. Fred Van Vliet from Hubie Brown. <laughs> he played well. <laughs> he did. He did. Offensively and defensively. But yeah, that was a bit of a stretch. All right. Trey, take us home. I'm loving this synergy we have between answers here because my answer involves me and us getting unexpected praise at the 2019 finals. Had to sit down for an interview with Andre Iguodala, the last like sit-down interview uh, that I did with uh, during the starters, and I was super nervous going into it because, you know, Andre Iguodala can be a surly guy. He's uh, definitely sarcastic with the media, but he also said one of the nicest things of all time about our show. Take a look. Best of luck in the future. I know y'all getting canceled. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, when I retire, I may bring the show back when I run the when I run the uh, the channel. All right, sounds good. I'll get you my information. Thanks a lot, man. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't follow up. Uh, no. Still not retired, but 
But we'll see what happens in the future here. Yeah, he's still playing. He's still yeah, playing, he's, yeah. Yeah, give, give him a couple more years. Hell, he might win another <laughs> ring for all we know. And then, uh, right. then he'll hit us up. I, forget. To- totally. I forgot about that. You're totally right. Her job getting canceled. <laughs> Her job getting canceled. He said that with too much of a smile on his face. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was excited to say it. As soon as it was over, he was like... I'm not that bad, am I? Yeah. He, he knew I was uh, nervous coming into the interview, I guess. I don't know who, who told him that, but I definitely was. But then uh, he completely won me over. There you go. What there a backhanded go. compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect, Perfect. Thank you, That's so good. All right. Great answers to some... Uh, I'm with you, Tess. I saw those in the docs. Like, these are tough ones. These are tough rapid-fire cues, but these guys knocked it out of the park like they always do. That's the Drop Podcast. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live. Thank you so much. Take a second if you haven't already. Like the video. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Share the show with your friends. Let's get to 50,000 subs. No buffs. If you're a Survivor fan, it's available. We had a long podcast last night talking with Jason Concepcion about that. Later today, we're talking to Michelle Beadle here on No Dunks. So keep your eyes and your ears uh, open for that one. Again, it'll probably drop this afternoon, maybe a little bit uh, into the night, earlier into the night. Michelle Beadle talking to, uh, I believe, Tass and Lee. You guys are uh, hopefully going to be able to have a little sit down with her and talk to her here on the podcast. Keep your eye out for that. Trey and I are jumping on uh, the Top Shot Twitter spaces in about 45 minutes. If you want to hear us talk a little bit more about hoops and about Top Shot, go to at NBA Top Shot to, uh, to find that. If you're listening to this later, sorry it's already over and I don't think they record, record these things. So, uh, whoops. <laughs> Got to join us live for that one. Keep your questions coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Theathletic.com slash no dunks. Get yourself some no dunks merch. No dunks.com. And that's it. JD, I'm happy you have a new driveway. Does this mean we're getting closer and closer to where I think we're getting closer and closer we're to? Getting, we're getting closer and closer and closer. It's nice. happening. It's happening, guys. Ooh, we'll leave it at that. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy all 25 games. We'll be back on Monday to break them all down. <laughs> Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I think that Andre Godala lesson is a good one. Never judge a book by its cover. Just like when our friend James Borbath interviewed Reggie Evans back in the day when he had to go to a Raptors camp up in Ottawa. He was a little worried. Reggie Evans, big guy. But he handled it well. Never judge a book by its cover. Embrace the weekend, people. You could stay. Hey baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.